Hi, everybody. Oh, my God. I am so excited. I finally get to speak here at Madison Church. You guys, look at all the people that are here. That makes it really hard for me. So I'll need you to, like, cheer me on from the chat room. So when you pop in, say hi. Like, let us know you're there. Because I can't see you if you don't pop in and say hi. So do that. And then um, cheer along with me. Um, because I finally get to speak. And even though you're at home and I can't hear you, you know, I'm sort of worried about clapping and saying woohoo. So everybody, woohoo! Yay! This is so exciting. So, okay, we have been um, talking about uh, the series of recalibrate, right? Recalibrating ourselves um, to God and what that looks like and just revamping and redirectioning, getting centered. And I think that's so important. Um, I have a question for you. Every one of us has someone in our family that's really hard to buy for, right? Do you have that person in your family? I totally am sort of that person in my family, even though I'm so easy to buy for. Like, seriously, I'm super easy to buy for. Um, how many of you have someone in your family like that? Tell me in the chat room, because um, I really want to know. And I also want to know if any of you are going to be bold enough and brave enough to admit that that someone is you. I remember when I was a teenager, we were at an Orange County flea market in California. And really, their flea market there is a way bigger deal than you would expect it to be. And I was walking with my aunt, and I admired. There was this gorgeous leather purse. It had, like, this metal design on it, and it was perfect. It was so 80s, so beautiful, so me. I loved it, and I wanted it, but I walked on by. An hour or so later, my aunt handed me something. It was the purse that I'd been eyeballing a little while earlier. I remember thanking her profusely, like way, way thanking her and like trying to give it back to her as if, you know, oh, I don't deserve it. It's too good for me because I really thought it was. I mean, I was 16. I smoked cigarettes. I didn't deserve a purse. Come on. And I remember literally arguing with her about this purse that she's trying to give me. And I said, I don't want the purse. I can't take it. And she said, Kath, that's what she calls me. You cannot. But my aunt calls me Kath. And she says, Kath, you know, you're really not a good receiver. And you're really going to need to work on that. Then she went on to explain why and how I could best do so. Um, because that's how she is. But that stayed with me my whole life. That day, I learned that I'm not really a great receiver. Have you asked yourself how good a receiver you are? I'll do one better. Have you asked yourself how good of a receiver you are when it comes to the gifts that God has for you? I mean, I know we're all like on board if he wants to help us win the lottery and if he wants to like buy us a yacht. If God wants to, you know, step up and be Santa, we're all hyped up for that, right? 
But what about the things that he gives us day in and day out? All the big and the little things that sometimes we just miss. What about those gifts? So, like I said, we're in that series of recalibrating. And this series is all about worship and how worship of God recalibrates our lives. As we go through all the crazy twists and turns of our days, we can so drift so far off course. We start to lose perspective. We forget the truths that we know. I mean, the truths that we know that we know that we know. We can forget those. We can wander further and further from God. And sometimes we end up in places we never meant to be. Like a compass that points true north, we need something to recalibrate and point us in the right direction. During this series, (laughs) we're going to learn a lot about what it means to worship. Last week, do you remember Pastor Sarah was talking to us about the Ebenezer and how we get to build those to moments to remember what God has done for us in our lives. I love that. That's like my favorite. But today, we're going to learn that worship involves receiving. Now, does that sound funny to you? Because that sounded really funny to me. And as I was preparing for this message, I like struggle with that a lot because it didn't make sense to me. But it will, I promise. Through worship, we receive Jesus. We receive his truth for our lives. God is such a generous giver. He is always giving to us. And sometimes, like me, we're not so good at receiving, are we? For example, have you ever left a service, a church service, (laughs) thinking, I didn't get anything out of that. I'm going to confess right now. I have. I'll tell you, there have been times that I've watched speakers speak and I've thought, oh, they're doing a horrible delivery. Did they even practice that? Do they even know what they're supposed to be talking about? Let's just have a little aside. Please don't tell me if that's how you're seeing me. I don't want to know. Okay, but um, there have been times when I've like zoned out and wrote grocery lists in my head. There have been times when like I've just been distracted by the style of music or something the pastor has to say. I just am distracted and I leave thinking I got nothing. That church is a dud. You ever think that? Later, though, I start thinking on what was said, and suddenly God starts to convict my heart about how I approach the whole experience of church. I sat in the service like a critic. I mean, I was just missing my little pen and paper, and I could have been taking notes and like, Helping everyone be better. Now that I think of it, that's a really good job. But I could have totally done that. Have you ever been that person? Hmm, I think the pastor could have picked better shoes. I will have you know Pastor Stephen takes good care of his shoes. Um, But there's lots of things that we can critique. But when we do, 
we go into it expecting nothing. We expect nothing. <laughs> and we get nothing. As I reflect on that, I have to ask myself, does that mean that God doesn't have something he wanted to give me there? No. It, it means that I missed it. It means that whatever it was he had for me in that moment of that day, I missed it. I missed it because of my arrogance. I missed it because of whatever was in my way. Let me tell you, God is always giving. Always. When Jesus was preparing to leave disciples and return to the Father, he comforted them with the encouragement. And he said, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. God is present with us through the presence of his Holy Spirit. He is in us. He is in us. You guys, he is closer than our very own skin. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's crazy for me to think about. That's so big. What I realized is sometimes when we're not receiving, it isn't because God isn't giving. It's because we're not postured to receive. Now, I don't mean postured like, hey, Sit up straight, although you do want to do that. Otherwise, when you're 50 like me, your back is going to hurt. But that's neither here nor there. This posturing is a different kind. It's helping your heart to sit up straight and pay attention. It's a heart posture. Like, what is your heart doing? Where is it? Is it judging? Is it criticizing? What's it doing? I've noticed that there are like a few let's go say four, um, barriers to receiving from God. Sometimes we have a hurried posture. We rush in to service and we're late, even online. I didn't think that was possible, but let me tell you, one Sunday, I even missed it. Like, how was that even a thing? I don't know. But we rush, we rush in, and then we rush, and we can rush through the service. Have you ever seen a pastor and their family, the average pastor and their family, get ready for church? Because I am telling you, it is not sunshine and roses, and that pastor is not farting sunshine. It's not happening. Rainbows are not coming out of that mouth. Mm-mm. No, no. Being hurried isn't helpful <laughs> if we're so busy rushing, rushing, rushing. We're not able to be still in God's presence. We're not able to receive his very breath that he wants to give us. If we slow down just a minute and we take control of our hurried posture, and we recalibrate that, then we're able to receive just a little better. Sometimes we have an angry posture. Maybe we don't receive because we have unresolved conflict in our communities. Now, that community could be at large. It could be the community 
of the body of believers. It could be your community of family. Community could be any of those. But it's distracting. Have you ever tried to pay attention when you're really ticked off at someone? Holy cow, that's so hard. I can't do it. I have to go do, like, make it right, or I'm never going to be able to worship again. And let me tell you, sometimes that's really painful for me. (laughs) Jesus tells us from his Sermon on the Mount that if we come to worship and we realize that there's a brother or a sister that's got something against us, we should leave and go make it right with that person. We should leave and go make it right. That's crazy. And it works. And then it clears our hearts to worship before him free. Because he wants you to be free. I want to show you, like, here was sort of how I saw it in my head. If we're angry and we have a posture like this in our hearts, we're not going to have a posture like this. So open your fists. And talk to your father, because he wants to help you work through that angry heart. Some of us have a resistant posture that can get in the way. Sometimes we don't receive what God has for us because we're not willing to receive what God has for us. Sometimes we sit in our, in our services of celebration, and like a movie critic, we just evaluate everything that's going on. But we're so busy criticizing in our hearts, we can't possibly hear what God wants to say. And I promise you, he wants to say something to you. He wants to give you something. Sometimes, and this one is scary to me, we, have, we can have a passive posture. Sometimes we don't receive from God because we aren't expecting it. We just sit passively observing rather than being engaged participants. Now, here's where I really want you to hear me, okay? Going to church is hard for some people in person, but they do it. Going to church online. Holy cow, that's hard. I had no idea how hard that would be. I thought it'd be a piece of cake. It's, it's not a piece of cake. <laughs> At least it's not for me. And I, I hope I'm not alone. Here's the other thing. Preaching to a camera, also not a piece of cake. I miss you. Pastor Sarah, Pastor Stephen, they miss you. Pastor Jason, we all miss you. It's not the same talking to a camera. I need you. And and this is just my personal plea. I'll get back to the message in a minute. But I need you to engage in that chat with me. Tell me when you're in. I can't see it. I can't see who's there or who's not until you say something. Say something. Because we really want to play with you online. Like, just teasing back and forth. We want to talk about the sermon. We want to talk about life. Okay, back to the sermon. Sometimes 
we become passive observers rather than engaged participants. And when we are not engaged with the body of Christ, we are going to lose it. You guys, it's a use it or lose it kind of thing. And if we're not going to use it, we will lose it. We were created to be in community, even if that community is online. Expect something. Even if you come on Sundays and you expect nothing more than just a, hey, how are you? You'll get it. And then God will give so much more than you could have ever hoped or dreamed of. I firmly believe that when we gather together online, in person, however, God has something for us to receive. The amazing thing about God is that while he likely has something for us as a body, I mean, I'm sure he does, um, but he has something for each individual, even Michael. He has something for all of us. How incredible is that? There are so many ways that we can receive from our Father through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we can receive through a message, like somebody preaches and the words they say just hit you in that way. And you're like, whoa, Pastor Stephen, way to nail that. You're a jerk. Fun story. Um, I had a pastor that I, (laughs) that's how I would greet him on Sundays after his sermon, was you suck (laughs) with a smack in the arm. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, because every week, man, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, had me in tears. It was awful and fantastic. (sighs) Sometimes we'll hear from the word. Sometimes we might hear from a song. I don't know about you, but music really touches me. And I think it's been true for almost everyone I've ever known. Music is really powerful media. And there are songs that we'll hear or see on the screen or um, hear on the radio that just touch us in a way that's beyond what we could just feel on our own. Does that make sense? Like God just spoke to us through that song. There are so many of those for me. I'm sure there are for you too. Sometimes it comes through a conversation with a friend. I can't tell you the conversations that I've had with people that have been so edifying, and I walk away thinking, wow, God, thank you for that person and for that conversation. But that, again, that's community. If we don't have community, we can't have those conversations, and then we're missing it. Sometimes it comes through prayer. When we invite another person to lift us up and to pray with us, the Bible says that where two or more are gathered, there he is, plopped down right in the middle. Okay, so I paraphrased. But that's the gist. You guys, we have a tab in the, in the chat room where you can click on prayer, and one of the hosts will pray for you. And pray with you. You could put it in the chat room if you wanted to. If you're not comfortable with that, click the prayer button and let us pray with you. I can tell you as a pastor, that's one of my greatest joys is getting to pray with the people 
in our community. Sometimes what God has for us comes through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you can just sit and feel him. He's so thick. And your heart just knows that it's been spoken to. What if every week we entered into our time together with expectation? What could we discover? What would that look like for our families, for our our jobs, for those people that we work with? There's one practice that we engage in here um, at Madison Church and Exchange where God always has something for us to receive, and that's communion. In communion, we get to receive the bread and we receive the juice. And sometimes even that can become mundane. It becomes commonplace. But communion is anything but commonplace. Did you know that the act of receiving the bread and the juice was originally the entire reason people gathered? The first Christ followers gathered for communion in the form of huge banquets and feasts. They'd share meals as they told stories about their personal encounters with Jesus. Today, it's seemingly become way more passe, and sometimes communion just becomes something we do on Sunday. What if we began to approach it differently? What if we came to the table with the belief that through communion, God wants to give us something more than a snack? Michael. What if we come to the table expecting that God will give us something? And then ask yourselves, are you ready to receive that something? Communion is meant to be shared, you guys, so we can celebrate that we receive the belonging into the family of God. That common meal reminds us we're no longer outsiders. We're sons and daughters, part of the family of God. We now belong to God, and we get to belong to each other. No longer does any one of us have to go through life alone. I want to say that again. None of you have to go through life alone. You're part of something greater. You're part of something bigger. We get to participate in the family of God. That includes carrying out the mission of Jesus together. At Madison Church and Exchange, we have room at the table for everyone. We have room at the table for more because we collectively are passionate about what Jesus is passionate about, loving people and helping them find their way back to the Father. God's family is never full. There are always more seats at the table. There's always more bread always more juice. At the table, we receive belonging. In communion, we receive hope. 
Anyone? Could anyone use a little hope? I'll just tell you, with all the craptastical things that are happening in the world today, I'll tell you, hope, man, I cling to that. I cling to that. Communion helps us to remember this life isn't the end or even the goal. Our hope is in something yet even greater. The problems that we're facing won't have the last word. The struggles we encounter, they don't tell the whole story. The challenges we live with, they won't last forever. Jesus is coming back for us. And as we gather to receive the bread and the juice, our hearts and our minds can recalibrate to our promised future because at this table we receive. We get to receive God's love, his glory, and his hope. I don't know what you need to receive today, what you need from God today, but I am sure of this. God has something that he wants to give you. He has something that he wants you to willingly receive. Are you ready? Let's pray.